Farpoint Media, powered by Podango. ADD cast number 29. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the ADD cast. I'm running short on time, got a lot of stuff going on in my personal life. We are going to continue this week with part two of our episode recorded at Imagine That Studios with T. Morris. This is not safe for work, it's a drunk fest. We had a lot of fun doing it. I hope you enjoy it a lot. I really do want to tackle this whole war on Christmas thing, but I think it's fizzled. I don't know what we're going to do next, but we have the Podcasters Christmas Party coming up Saturday night for the Northern Virginia Podcasters. If you're interested, go to meetup.com and look for the Northern Virginia Podcasters group. You can contact us through there, or you can send email to us at addcast at gmail.com. After the Podcasters Christmas Party, we'll be releasing on the Northern Virginia Podcasters Meetup Group feed the podcast we record live there. That'll be taking place at our house in Vienna, Virginia, Saturday night. And on Sunday night, Jonathan Colton is going to be playing live in Vienna, Virginia at Jam and Java. I'll include that information in the show notes, as well as the Colton Alert system playing. Hang on to your hats, folks, and enjoy part two of the time we spent with T. Morris at Imagine That Studios. So oh, we that's can go right. to Hawaii. There you go. That's right. Balticon in Hawaii. Wow. That, yeah, oh, we're, we're holding our own big party for Balticon in Hawaii. Special guest of honor, Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> Will he be out of Mexico by then? Hopefully. Well, no, no, no. no he's actually out of Mexico. He's, out. he's on house arrest. Yeah. Which I think is an absolute injustice because if you if you find out the backstory behind what he got quote unquote arrested for, it is completely and totally fucked up. It is. It is completely and totally and it's totally political. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He got hung out to dry by the sitting administration. Um which is for an entirely different podcast for an entirely different time. Yeah. Although I will say, because of the beach trip, because of my, the recent trip to the Outer Banks, I got hooked on the Daily Show. Oh god. I have been I, I I admit it. I'm late. To, it, it's like Firefly. Yes. I'm late to the party. But my God, John Stewart is a funny motherfucker. He, he is. That's why they had him host the Academy Awards. Yep. Yes. But you know, I was one of the few people that really enjoyed David Letterman when he was the host. Oprah, Uma, Uma, Oprah. Have you met Keanu? I said, <laughs> He had stupid Petrix on the Oscars. I'm like, and people were offended by that. I'm like, wait a minute, it's David Letterman. What are you expecting? You know, I still remember what the, another great joke was. He said, he said one of the nominees for tonight is a foreign film called Eat, Drink, Man, Woman, which is ironically the first four words that Arnold Schwarzenegger said to Maria Shriver on their first date. <laughs> And the camera went to Schwarzenegger, and he was like, oh, oh, oh. You know, he, was like, he was smiling kind of dumbly, and I'm sitting there going, that's a future governor of California right there. That's right. There you go. I mean, oh. shit. I mean, did you guys see the called Bear Rapport when yeah. George Lucas was on there? Oh, we, we, heard, we just oh heard God. about that. 
We just we just if like, George just if George had put half of himself into actually Bill DeSmet was in the studio yesterday oh, yes, morning. Another great guy. We oh, did yeah, we, we did his really Q and A episode in our studio. Oh, he was in town. I accidentally yeah. called him Jim. I am so sorry, Bill. <laughs> Are you kidding? Are you kidding? <laughs> no, I, I called. I kept calling Gary Leland Greg, for God's sake. Um, well, you got the first letter of name correct. Right. You got the G. Yeah. That's right. You just call him. I, I, I'll, tell you a, I'll tell you a quick story about Bill DeSmet. We started up a correspondence because I'd heard about Singularity from... Awesome book. Awesome. Well, well, I love the podcast. Well, the yeah. only reason I started listening to it was because of you. Oh, and, and I, I was I was I was ragging on somebody else's patio book and uh, how this person had basically you're driving right <laughs> it, introduced uh, like eleven major characters and most of the backstory in the first five minutes. I couldn't. I, I was just like couldn't keep track of anything. Yeah, at this point, you, you ha- this person has no idea of pa- this little thing called pacing. And I was complaining to T, and and T says to me, and I quote. Have you listened to Singularity? Oh my fucking god! <laughs> I did jump in the F bomb in there, didn't I? And that was it. That was all he said. That was you know ADD onto the next thing. Right. So I grabbed Singularity and holy shit! Isn't he great? Oh man! Well, what about, a ride! So I actually heard Bill on Cover to Cover www.dragonpage.com I uh, oh, oh thank yeah. you T by the way you'll have to tell me who I have to blow to actually get on uh, the, the, uh, <laughs> the Farpoint Media uh, his name is Menenge Mike Menenge <laughs> trust me he likes it when you swallow uh, <laughs> Mike I really want to put him Farpoint Camera running for what he was doing with the beer bottle. Do you want do you want to do it? Do you want wait, do you want to do it again with your camera with your with your phone going? Hold on a minute. <laughs> the pair of you. Okay. Tell me when you're ready. You're cheap, cheap drunks, that's what you want. Yeah, that's true. Us? Not yeah. us. Yeah. Alright, hold on. Alright, we're getting getting into camera mode right now yeah. as we mm-hmm. speak. So So anyway. Yeah, so anyway. Uh, well I don't want to get started on the build this myth story All when right. we're getting ready to do that. Okay. Are you ready? Hold Mr. Menegat, I really hold want to be hold in a hold okay. on. Alright. Go. Mr. Manigat, I really want to be a Farpoint Media. I think it was... Oh! Mm. Mm. Oh, oh, thank you, Mr. Manigat. So there you go. www.farpointmedia.net so anyway, where was I? Oh yeah, build it after after that high brow, high brow, low brow moment. Well, you know that's gonna that, you know that's gonna end up on winging it. Oh shit! Are you kidding me? Of course it will. So anyway. So Bill and I start up a correspondence, and uh, Bill mentioned that he was going to be at Balticon, and I was like, "Hi, Bill. My name is T. Morris. I'm also a published author, and I, I just heard you on cover to cover, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How about we get together for a beer at Balticon?" He was like, "Sure, I'd love that." And I said, "Well, how will I find you? Because don't worry, you'll you'll be able to pick me up." <laughs> so I said, "Go to Shula's Two. It's the it's the sports bar connected to Balticon." So I go walking into this Shula's. This was two years, two Balticons. This was two Balticons ago. Balticons. So I go walking into Shula's Two, and I look around, and I see this guy sitting at a, at a table, and propped up on the table is Singularity, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> Bill. 
<laughs> and then Bill. And do you then, think he was listening to uh, the survival guide to writing fantasy? One can only hope. <laughs> but Bill then stood up, and I'm like, "Holy shit, he's taller than Sable!" And I mean, Bill's a tall drink of water. He, is he, tall. he really yeah. is. He really is. We just had a great time, just shooting the shit, and uh, we did a we did a book swap. He read Billy, and and I've been listening to Singularity. It was really kind of cool too, because Eva was so stoked. I mean, he loved, Evo loved Singularity. He was so stoked when I wrote to him and I said, Hey, Evo, guess who just asked me about doing something for PottyBooks.com? And he was like, Who? And I said, Bill DeSmith. He was like, Please, God, tell me you said yes. And I said, <laughs> Not a problem. Then came Tracy Hickman. Ooh. Tracy said, Hey, T, I'm thinking about doing a Pottyo book. Um, who would I talk to? And I'm like, that would be me. me. <laughs> and he goes, would you guys be interested? Let me think. Yes. <laughs> and again, you know, this is the thing I noticed about, you hear me keep saying, you know, dropping the good people, good people, good people bomb. I can't say that enough about Tracy and Laura Hickman. They, they have been, actually it was Tracy got me on my library of shit from, from Digital Juice. You talk about podcasts. Yeah, podcast pushers. Yeah, he's the digital juicer. He's the juicer, oh. man. He really is. He's the king of the digital I, I juicer. I started hearing those drop-ins from that on Dragon Page and Winging It. Yeah, and uh, slice of sci-fi. Men and Gaze got that sound line. Oh yeah, right yeah. I mean, he knows. And, uh, he knows I'll tell you, uh, you know what? And if you're not listening to it, you really should listen to the Immortals. Tracy, I have Tracy's. been. I have been the Immortals. I have been downloading it. Mm-hmm. I haven't started listening. I've got. Four more episodes in Fiddle and Burn, it's, which is pretty good. It's not what I would call a pick-me-up. I'll be the first one to say that, but you know uh, what? Uh, well, the subject matter pretty much tells you it's but not holy sh- and, and the, 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 the thing that amazes me about, about the Immortals was that Tracy wrote that ten years ago. And I'm sitting there going, and this got published? Wow. I mean, I'm a stout. I mean, but if you look behind you, you'll see I've got my dwar- Dragons of the Dwarven Depths. Part of Mount TBR. <laughs> we won't compare stacks. Oh Jesus! I don't, I don't want to think about the stacks. I don't want to think. About- no. If it, if it weren't for pot- books, <laughs> but if it weren't for patio books, yeah. I wouldn't be reading. I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, have you guys been listening to the Rookie? Yeah. Sigler's. Oh, I rank it oh, right wow. up there with, with Ancestor. Rank it right up there with Ancestor. I'd actually say that it was so far. I'm thinking it's a little bit better. I've been talking with him about the amount of football content in there. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not a football fan. For many, many years, I watched one game a year, and that was the Super Bowl. And oh, I no, watched no, no, that. no, you didn't watch the game. No, we watched it for the commercial. <laughs> sure. And GoDaddy.com. <laughs> you know, and... and uh, oh, don't, get start, don't get me started on, on uh, Bob Parsons, because I can't stand Bob Parsons or GoDaddy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but but they so make great commercials. Start, they make great commercials. They, they make great commercials, but they make a fucked up website. Well, the, that is uh, but the hardest service. Another I've ever podcast for another time. It's my yes. podcast. Well, there you go. All okay. Right. All right. So anyway, um, the world that he has built and the way that it's set up and all of the stuff that happens. we're talking about Sigler now. Sigler, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. not Parsons. No, Parsons lives in his own world. Right, Sigler lives in many worlds. Yes, he does. Um, and, and after meeting him, after meeting him, <laughs> oh my god, he really is just like his podcast, isn't he? He, he really is. Uh, he he is a force of nature. He he did this. He did this thing. Now, oh, now I'm not easily offended. 
I forget if he's half Jewish or quarter Jewish. He's, he's quarter Jewish. Quarter Jewish. Because but, his grandfather. No, no, it's his grandmother and his mother. And, and uh, you know, according to the Jewish tradition, that makes him Jewish. Sorry, Scott, but you're Jewish as far as a Jewish. But he concerned. told the story about his Jewish he told grandfather. It's this story about his Jewish grandfather doing something that, let's say, is stereotypical and super embarrassingly Jewish. This is the kind of stuff that, if he didn't preface it with the fact that he had this in his lineage and this was going on in I think his I see family, where you're going with this. I, I, I really, you know, anybody else, and I would have gotten up and slugged them. But, oh my <laughs> God, was it funny. I, I mean, by, by, the, by the time I got over my own internal angst about the whole subject matter... I felt like shit at Dragon Con. I was still falling out of my chair laughing. He's got so much energy yeah. all the time. I mean, I you know, this is going to probably shock you. I have a tough time keeping up with him. It's like you <laughs> Oh, no shit, man. But I mean, you know, but but uh, uh, and you know, rooming with Scott and then JC Hutchins. <laughs> Hutch was just so Oh my oh, god. Hi, how you doing? I just make it through a podcast. A I'm working guy. with John Alpha. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm working. One of the guys I work with is John is Alpha. John Alpha. He looks exactly like J.C. Hutchins, except he's about 14 years older. <laughs> and I got him to give me a picture of him. I showed him a picture of J.C. and I explained the whole book That's set up funny. with the clones. I got him to give me a picture, and and Hutch responded in about 30 seconds from the time I sent the picture. And he was like, holy shit. But I mean, that's the thing. I mean, Sigler's rookie. Mm-hmm. Deceit, which is just as good as Descent. Mm-hmm. I'm having a little problem with Deceit. Uh-oh. He says, and he says, and Michael says, and John says. And the first time through, he spent more time working on the accents. And he, he's doing what I consider to be a rookie author mistake, constantly interjecting he said and she said. I'm actually thinking about thing. I'm actually thinking that we should we should actually do a patio book clinic at Balticon this year. Because one of the things that I, I've never understood about patio books, at least when when, when patio book authors submit their stuff, is when they said, Well go over here. He whispered. To me that's very redundant. I yeah. think that what you need to realize when you're making a patio book if you're going to go that far, you might as well just drop the modifiers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're now working in audio content. In fact, I've been meaning to sit down with Lonnie about this with the From Page to Stage workshop. Right now, we're tailoring the uh. workshop for um, for screenwriters. Right. Because that's a very popular thing. But what I think we need to do is just do something where we talk about, well, what if you're going to do it for an audio drama? Mm-hmm. Whether it's a audiobook or whether it's an audiobook do you really need all those modifiers if you're really doing the whispering or if you're doing the angry reading well, what do you guys think not, I, I not all of them but I, some of those modifiers describe the actions that it's and it's like there's a sentence that ends with you know turning around quickly she said that's and then how do you get out of that right I mean, that, no, no, no 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 that's well, different that, then you can then you need to change that for the audio format to she turned quickly to face John. John, what are you doing? I, well, no, I, I'm okay with. She turned quickly and said, "What do you mean by that?" Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that if it comes before, but the dialogue written says, "What does that make us? Big damn heroes! Absolutely, no, ain't we just mm-hmm. right from from Firefly?" Right. Yeah. All right. If it was written, it would say, "What does that make us?" He asked. 
big damn heroes, Zoe replied. Ain't we just? Mm-hmm. Well, instead, since you've got it in audio, all you need is, what does that make us? Zoe replied, big damn heroes. Ain't we just? If you've got the inflection in the voice, you don't really necessarily need and, the modifiers. And if you can't, right. Well, there's two ways of doing it. And, and Steve Ely and I have different two, directions. two completely different directions, two different philosophies on this. Steve Ely wants a read of the story. Yes. yes. So this is like your grandpa is sitting by your bed. It's like the, the movie The Princess, Princess Bride. Princess Bride. And reading you verbatim what's on the page. Actually, it's not like The Princess Bride because it's not the good parts version. It's all of it. <laughs> <laughs> right. But someone is reading you a story, which is the height of one art. If you draw a U-shape chart on a piece of graph paper, at the top of one of the U's is just someone reading you the story off the page. At the other high point on that U, one or more persons reading that to you without all of the directions, but giving you all of the information and narration that you need and different inflections or accents on the voice so that you know who's talking without being told. Right. More of an audio play, and that's that's the side of the you that I fall on. And honestly, anything that tries to be in the middle of those two is mm. going to be at the bottom of that you, in my opinion. And there's a line across that you upon... If you fall below that line, you're not going to sound good. Second Life Notes is music in Second Life. Second Life Notes is the arts. Second Life Notes is culture. Second Life Notes is lifestyle. Second Life Notes is the podcast you must listen to if you want to know what's going on culturally speaking in Second Life. SecondLifeNotes.com Once upon a time, there was a beautiful princess, and her name was Nina. In a land far from the place of her birth, she finds herself pressured to marry the Langean king, a man whom she does not love. She longs for adventure, excitement, and true love, but she can only wait. Wait for a champion to arrive. Whoa, 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 hold it right there. You can't tell the story like that. You're making me sound like some soppy, helpless fairy tale pansy. My father was freaking Marcus the Merciless. She can only wait for a champion? Screw that. I am finding my own adventure. Maybe even a quest. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Nina Kimberly the Merciless by Christiana Ellis is a free podcast audiobook available at www.ninakimberly.com and podiobooks.com. I don't think modifiers are necessarily bad on occasion, mm-hmm. especially if you have a lot of people in a situation. But when there are two people talking, mm-hmm. and especially if there's a if there's an adverb involved, you know, she replied tersely. Well, you know, if if she if you read the line with "I don't think so," she replied tersely. Then that doesn't work because you didn't really reply tersely. But then if you say "I don't think so." 
she replied tersely, then you're being redundant. Mm-hmm. So it all depends on, I think it all depends on the approach and the standard you set in that very first chapter. Yeah. Right, and, and with Servant Cold, we actually, as we went on, I started getting more and more Stop playing upset with, with the modifiers. It's just a cool new toy, I really love it. <laughs> T is jerking his mic off. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I'm getting my podcast off. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> as Servant Cold progressed, at the very beginning, I was afraid to edit Ronnie's work for audio. Well, yeah. Because Ronnie is a good friend, and I, I am not a professional editor. I do a lot of editing for people. Like, I'm going through Sigler's Earthcore right now. I just read it on paper. The new Earthcore. No, no, the original Earthcore. Oh, the original. And I, I'm like, Scott, I found a whole bunch of mistakes in this thing. Do you care? And he said, yes, I definitely care. I'm like, okay, I'll go back through it, and I'm highlighting all of these things that are either typos or just little things that bug me. It's the same thing that I'll see in a, a Terry Pratchett novel, and Terry sells millions of books, and there's still typos in them. That's his editor's fault. Yes, it is. But well, my point is that as Servant Cold moved forward, I started going through and drawing lines through things like he said or she said, and getting rid of things like he laughed, and then putting in stage direction to say laugh as you're saying the next sentence. I don't think that's a problem because I know I I did the same thing with Mark when me, Siggy, and Mark Jeffrey. Ah, okay. Oh. When Mark when the three of us were doing our oh, three, um, the, the original I went three. the wrong direction. Yes, right. the original podcasting. Novel. We didn't know what we were doing. I know that I adapted my own work. I abridged Moravi. Siggy and Jeff did not. Jeff did music all the way through, and Sigler just did little vignettes in between. And I think that all three approaches, I mean, we were just trying to, we were experimenting with the medium. But Sigler, he's got the same mindset that I do. He went through it and crossed out all of the he saids and she saids, and he turned and removed the narration from the speaking. It's a you. There's a lot of different ways to do it. There are different ways to do it, and, and it's different from every person. If it wasn't for patio books... I'd be missing out on a lot of stuff. And I started months ago. I started Philippa Valentine's Chasing the Bard. Mm-hmm. And I'm 30 pages from the end and I still haven't finished it. It's mainly because I haven't had that pocket of time where I've been able to go on ahead and just say, yeah, I'm going to go on ahead and do that. But uh, in fact, the pocket of time was going to be this this weekend at the <laughs> uh, at the Outer Banks. And it didn't work out because Serena was like, you know what? I'm bored. Let's go home. You know, and you know, sh- shit happens. While I've been working through the one book, of Chasing the Bard, which has been a, a terrific read, by the way. I'm halfway through Philippa's uh, Weaver's Web. I'm working through Singularity. I'm working through Descent and Deceit. I've got Sigler's Rookie. Sigler's, and, uh, no, sorry, Infection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, let's see, what was the other body of book? Been? Prophecy of Swords. How to Succeed in Evil. Uh, yes. Oh, and, yeah. you know, terrific, terrific stuff. Terrific Great stuff. Great stuff. In fact, I'll be the first one to say it. When I saw the finalist list mm-hmm. for Parsec Awards for fiction long form, I was just happy to be there. I know that sounds really contrived, but no shit. I was so happy to make the final cut. Because I'd heard all of those patio books. Or I was listening. Nina Kimberly the Merciless? I thought she was going to be the underdog. I thought she was just going to sneak in and take it. I really did. We absolutely love Nina Kimberly. Oh, Nina was a hoot. And it's like, 
at least eight times during Dragon Con, I called her Nina. Yeah, I know. It, it's so easy to call Christiana Nina. Um, but I mean, I mean, all of those. I mean, Nina Kimberly. Um, you know, Brave Men Run. The problem that I had, how to succeed in evil, was short for long form. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic, and it's ongoing. In fact, you just released another episode. I love Patrick to death, but compared to Nina Kimberly and Earthcore and Moravi and Singularity, that was a that was a was subject. Like, these you know, are you know that like, was a subject for some casual debate. It's, it's like a, 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 a you know these are like novels next to a novella, a, a novella or a novelette or something. Um, I'm on the staff for mm-hmm. organizing because I want to give Murr and I said I said Murr, I'm going to do what you did last year because. I understood why you know you couldn't have Murr nominated, mm-hmm. but right. goddammit, Murr needs to be nominated. She's the grand dame of podcasting, for God's sake. Uh, she's and a pretty fine writer, and uh, you know she's she's actually got uh, some good things going. Oh, oh, hey, what is this? Oh, right. So say we all. Hang on a minute. This is this is a completely brand new. Br- oh, it's still warm. Uh, from Hot Ben Bella Books. Yeah, yeah, from uh, from Ben Bella Books. This is called uh, So Say We All. An unauthorized collection of thoughts and opinions on Battlestar Galactica, edited by, not the naked, but the Battlestar Galactica Richard Hatch, with Team Wars and Glenn Yepeth. And the reason why I got a byline with Richard Hatch was because I was an acquisitions editor. Uh, you know, Glenn came to me and said, do you know anybody else who'd be good for this title? And I said, well, there's this lovely last name, Summer Brooks. Mm-hmm. I think she would be a great addition to this. Awesome. And then, there's this girl named Murr. So this book sort of pop summers cherry yeah as yeah. it were for I'm her published. first yeah. I'm her first <laughs> for published writer well, and Richard Hatch's name is on it yeah there, there is that yeah, yeah. Yeah. his so name's she, in bigger print she basically got tag teamed by me Richard and Glenn but um but Go uh, summer Mer, Mer, what was really weird was that Mer and I had this moment of zen together because Murr wrote an article called Men Are From Aquaria, Women Are From Caprica. <laughs> yes. And she talks about the separation of the sexes. And let me see if I can find the moment that we had this... Um, Synchronicity, as it were. Pretty much. But she, she basically made a mention about the way the male Cylons look compared to the female Cylons. And she oh, said, "Oh, this is true. Oh, yeah. This is true. This is um, an interesting point." And glancing at it, oh wait, oh, did I go by it? Oh no, that's my, that's my. Well, while T, while T is, is doing, yeah, this, you, guys, uh, you guys talk amongst yourself. My, my opinion is that the the female Cylons are, are, you know, you got Lucy Lawless, you got Grace Park. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, my girl Owen Grace. Grace. <laughs> I can't think of the blonde's name. Um. Trisha Heifer, I believe. Trisha Heifer. Trisha Heifer. Heifer. Um, And she is not a heifer by any stretch of the imagination. No, no, no. Uh, You have these ultimate hot, beautiful, devastating women. You can say it. Babes. Babes. Really hot. And then you have the beach bums. (laughs) (laughs) You've got... You've got... uh, uh, Dean... Oh yes, Dean Stockwell. Dean Stockwell, you know, a fine actor and yet not particularly handsome. No wonder why they're having problems breeding with the human population. Well, well just the males. <laughs> the males. I mean, all the hot guys are on the human side. <laughs> it takes a phenomenal genius like Murr to actually recognize it. <laughs> yes, to see it for what it is—the inherent sexism in uh, Cylon culture. In Cylon culture. And remember, 
the Cylons have a plan. It's, it's a, a pyramid scheme. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I kind of like that, as a matter of fact. Well, I can't find it, but she basically says that all the female Cylons are hot, but she says all the other male Cylons look like shoe salesmen. She says, <laughs> where are the Kevin Sorbo salesmen? Where, you know, where are the Kevin Sorbo Cylons? Where are the Adrian Paul Cylons? And they, they need to bring those guys on as male Cylons. And then, and then this, but now here's the funny thing. After she makes that comment, she says, they all look like shoe salesmen. Where are the Kevin Sorbo Cylons? Where are the Adrian Paul Cylons? I'm going to read to you my little passage. Uh, this is from So Say We All, published by Ben Bella Books, now available at bookstores everywhere. At one time, I referred to this new evolution as Pretty People Cylons, or PPCs. But after the miniseries and two seasons, I've renamed the new model Cylons FFCs, or Frackable Female Cylons. <laughs> Think about it. The female Cylons are all beautiful. Trisha Heffer, Grace Park, and later on in the series, Lucy Lawless. While the male Cylons are... Well, one of them kind of looks like Kevin Spacey. <laughs> then I say this. There were no Kevin Sorbo Cylons, no Adrian Paul Cylons, or even Jamie Bamber Cylons, for that matter. The male villains were just kind of plain, whereas the female for drop-dead gorgeous. And then I go on and talk about something else. In the, in the, in the well, I suppose you could say that's the banality of evil. What, that, that all the guys are like are, are like plain and all the girls are like all the girls hot? are the seductress side of evil. See, I'm not buying that shit. <laughs> I'm not buying that shit for one second because you know they've got to have In fact, it would not surprise me in one, in one little bit if they have... Remember when that one uh, Cylon, the, the, the stalker Cylon from season three <clears throat> call, uh, basically whispers into Rosalind's ear, Adama is a Cylon. Yeah. You know what? It wouldn't surprise me at all. Because you know what? I'd go to bed with Edward James almost. And you know why? <laughs> he's got that rough... He's got that Eastwood vibe happen about him. You know? He's just got that whole thing where you're just like... You know, you're not a pretty man, but goddamn, I'd go to bed with you. <laughs> because Who did the vigilante... I can't think of the name of the movies, but it was all about vigilante. Oh, Charles Bronson. Bron- I, I think Charles of him Bronson, more like yeah. Bronson than I than I do Eastwood, but he's like a cross. Oh no, between, I've always been an Eastwood. Between them two if I go broke back, if it was a choice between Bronson and Eastwood, I go broke back for Eastwood. Here's here's why Edward James almost is attractive. He knows the value of silence. Very true. Which goes back to the question I asked you two earlier. That maneuver he did with the Galactica in, the, in season three when they're on New Caprica. I think I think basically it, dropping it straight into atmosphere. I think well, Billy Adama's done that before. Something just tells me he's done that before. I think that is in the human playbook, as it were. Nah, I, think, nah. I think they've done that before during. The I think that's time. called the Adama I think, maneuver. I think, they, I think I think they've done it in maneuvers or in war games. I don't think they've actually pulled it out of the. I just out during a war. I, 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 I really think don't they think used so. it on the Cylons because that is just. That is totally fucking effective. Dropping your carrier on top of the city that you're attacking. <laughs> and then jumping at the last possible second. Well, but you're, you're, you deploy your fighters right on top of the enemy city, and they have zero time to respond. Pretty much. Pretty and much. Then, and then you are out in the system fighting the capital ship. I mean, I realize I realize right now the geek factor of the show has just leapt by leaps and bounds. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, here's Aruga. the thing. Aruga, Aruga. I was somewhat thankful that the follow-up episode to that, which was sort of their Star Chamber version of, of mm-hmm. what was going on in Galactica. Oh, I'm sorry. We haven't seen the movie. I'm not, not going to give it anything away, but I will All tell right. you this. 
it's very low key. Yes. Compared to that. And you know what? I don't know if the fans are reacting like, you know, oh, this was so lame compared to last last episode, blah, 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 blah. You know what? I needed a break. Behold, the internet! My God, it's full of ads. Well, there you are, driving home with a friend. You're coming back from doing a good thing. You volunteered at a soup kitchen. And kablam! Some schmuck runs the red light, plows into your car, and poof, that's it. Fade to black. You're deader than disco. But you're a good person. You know that. So you know that your adventure is just beginning. You've earned the eternal reward. Heaven. But what if your heaven wasn't so heavenly? All sizzle and no steak. A non-corporeal conspiracy of sorts. A never-ending bummer that'd be downright blasphemous if it weren't true. Heaven kinda sucks. Could you stand it? If you couldn't, would you leave? Discover other places? What about other heavens? That's what happened to longtime friends Kate and Daniel. And that's what they're doing. They're traveling to heavens of cultures now, of yore, of other species. There are loves and secrets. The roads are everlasting. Explore the heavens. Find Merle Lafferty's Heaven at PatioBooks.com. Ron Moore as a yes. keynote speaker. Right. That was another big discussion. You know, I was like, so what'd you think of Ron Moore as a keynote speaker at the uh, PPMEs? He was okay. You know, he wasn't Leo, but he was okay. He just seemed very laid back, like he was in the world. Fuck! He's fucking Ron Moore, man! I mean, he's he writes for Hollywood, but he writes for himself. He writes for the Sci-Fi Channel. He's going to have a different vibe compared to Leo Laporte. And you know, yeah. I liked that. Besides, let me inter- interject. Did you get my email about talking to Leo while you were there? No, I didn't. You never responded to it. Oh, sh- no, I didn't. No, you're right, I didn't. I okay, didn't well, there there goes that guest of honor for Falticon. Well, you, that, that was mainly because... Seriously, it's mainly because I, you know, I, you, you know, I make fun. Of I hear you. you. Yeah, I kid because I love. Um, uh, I got barely two minutes with Leo Laporte. As a matter of fact, it was kind of hard for me to think he would take me seriously because first night we were all there. Did it have something to do with the basket of fruit on your head? No, it had something to do with the jammies I was wearing. I was in my jammies. I had. I had. I was in. Are there pictures on the web? No. (laughs) I have my flannel jammies on with my T-shirt, and I'm going out with my empty, empty ice bucket. What 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 little icons are on your flannel jammies? Oh, it was actually a little pictures of Scott Sigler. Actually, no, it was an icon from the Noble Blades from my stage combat troop. It's got one, two. It's got basically the stage combat numbers, and it says the Noble Blades and all this stuff. And I basically was wearing that and my Joe Boxer jammies, and I'm walking out, and I've got my empty ice bucket. And I'd, I'd had quite a few stone ales from the 
uh, Marriott bar. <laughs> so I'm buzzing like a Ooh, bee in springtime. Nice. I come walking out, and there's Leo Laporte coming off the elevator. I was like, hi, Leo. And I went rocking on by. Because you know, I'm like, you know what? He's Leo Laporte, but I don't give a shit because I'm buzzing. And I just kept on walking. So, no, I... I oh. Uh, he was also very hard to catch up with. Oh, uh, Leo, we hardly knew you. I, I still think, I really think that if you want to get a really good podcasting guest of honor, you should really talk about Tracy and Laura. Tracy and Laura, Leo, and those other two guys that we were talking about, or Siggy for that matter. And uh, what, the reason why the reason why I'm thinking Siggy okay. is because you're actually focusing on podcasters, and what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to give you podcasters that are also authors. Authors. People like Scott Sigler, and yeah. by that time, by the time Balticon rolls around, Ancestor's going to be out. Multitask. Yeah. Dragon Moon Press picked up Ancestor. Oh, awesome. I'm excited about it. In I fact, think, so far, I think Ancestor was his Absolutely. I'm a huge... But that's the thing. Oh, by I the way, rank did, up, you hear, did you hear his Earthcore 2 intro? Re- intro no, reading? I haven't heard the intro yet. <sighs> yeah. Holy shit. Okay, Earthcore, roller coaster with eight loops in it. I believe it. Okay. I believe Earthport it. Earthport 2, roller coaster with 16 loops in it, and you're on it while the terrorists are blowing it up. Oh. <laughs> it's just like, it's like Earthcore squared. Wow. Yeah. That's after the first chapter, huh? That, that was just the, I was just, gonna, was just the intro. If you're, doing, if you're doing a time check. You bitches can live with a long episode. Everything else <laughs> I've been listening to has been Why long is it? this last week. All right, I got, a, I got a question. Why is it that every time I'm a guest on a podcast... It runs long. Yeah. T, you're the guest who would never leave. Ah, oh, that's true. <laughs> Except now, that's true. Now we, we have entered the den of T Morris. And it's and it's so quiet. <sighs> <laughs> but not while you're in it. <laughs> no, no. But I do love this setup. I do love this setup. This is so cool. I mean I actually have leg room under my desk now. Uh, this is just too just, just, just cool. Just too cool. Let me head in the direction of taking us out of here. Go right ahead. Not only are we still looking for a special guest of honor who will be affiliated with the podcast track at Balticon, we're also thinking about doing a podcast clinic, which will require that people send in episodes of their podcast in advance. And we will have our blue ribbon panel, which we'll most likely consider of the three of us in this room, and probably Murr as well, probably Steve, if we can, if we can uh, impose, on them. impose on them. Listening to several episodes of this person's podcast. You're not imposing on Steve to ask for an opinion. You realize it. <laughs> it's the time. because We're going to limit it to X number of people. All right. If we say 10 people, we're going to listen to your most recent five podcasts. And let's say they're an hour long. That's fifty hours. Well, then I would recommend I'd recommend what they do instead. Well, well, we'll work out we'll work out the semantics. But well, that's that's one of the things. Well, that's what I want to think. What semantics? What I think you should do is instead of it being the first five podcasts, whatever the last one, or the the most recent five, or, or even the most recent five. Let's do the most recent two. We may say the most recent two hours. There you go. So if your podcast is a minute long, you know, then we'll be listening to the most recent 120 of them. Right. Because you, know, well, you, know, you know who just started a podcast. Well, we've got the guy from Microbe Radio. That's true. Well, yeah. you know who he just 90 you know, seconds. You know who just started up a, a podcast, right? No. Paul Levinson. Paul, What's the name I know? Yeah. Yeah. He's been, he's been to Balticon a couple of times. Yeah. 
Good guy, Paul Levinson. Another good guy. Yep. Uh, he started a podcast called uh, Fudge Me Running. Hold on a second. Um, oh. And now... Oh, and, and, and what an t- interesting title that is. Yes. Where, where might we and, find and Fudge wa- Me Running? <laughs> and, and well, I almost said Frow Me Running, but, you know, I mean, that's... Uh, yeah, that's... Right. Yeah, Carscape's off the air for a couple of years Yeah, now. so, I, can, so I, can, I can always say Frow Me Running, or Frack so Me Running. T is now looking around trying to find his doc so that he can start a, a web browser. Oh, well, that's the problem. Of course, he's using his mouse backwards. Yeah. That might that might be the issue. That, that could cause problems. Could do something. We're looking at doing a podcast clinic, and we're looking at doing some very innovative things this year at Balticon. We've also been talking about at RavenCon doing something called 48 as opposed to 24, and doing an absolute doing 48 hours of consistent podcasting. I don't think that's doable. I think it's absolutely insane to be at. Yeah, who's going to want to download a 48-hour file? Well, no. No. <laughs> 48 episodes in two days. I, I just know. got whacked in the back That's of the head by my wife. Just like that. Yes. I thought that it was interesting. The concept of, you know, having to get up between two and four to do my shift at RavenCon, because <laughs> I know where T would put me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, I like you, but if John Ringo ever got into podcasting, yeah, I'd get in the three to four. I, I, I'd be doing the John Ringo interview between two and five a.m. <laughs> it's going to be organized a lot better this year for Balticon. We had a fantastic podcast track. We had the most wonderful people in the world show up. I want to keep that level of warmth. I think this year the podcasting room is going to be for podcasting only. It'll be shared a little bit, but not to the extent that it was last year. I'm going to lock down three hours a day that are going to be for my interviews, and I'm going to get me a damn engineer. Because <laughs> engineering my own shit was a problem while I was trying to do interviews. I love Steve Ely to death, but the one interview that I really, really, really wanted to nail was the only one that we had a problem with, and that was Neil Gaiman. It wasn't Steve's fault, but Steve was on the board. Okay, here you go. All right. Paul Levison, author of such books as The Silk Code, a really smart guy, too. He is doing a podcast now called Light on Light Through. It is available on iTunes. The topic concludes Battlestar Galactica, the Encyclopedia Galactica, my being a cheap skate, his driving <laughs> a Prius... And the history of writing and knowledge, just so I can live with myself, still being a professor and all. Uh, you heard a real snippet of an original twice upon a rhyme guitar riffing. Wonderful. And that's and that's Paul. That's Paul. I actually heard it. The first his first episode was about. Is there a picture of him there? Yeah, yeah. Because the the picture that I was seeing was the nude chick on your screen. Yeah, it's not the nude chick. It's, that's Paul. Kind of looks like our niece. No, no, no. No, that's no. Paul. <laughs> Definitely not. That's Paul being nude. As a matter of fact, on my screen. Ew. So hold on Ew. Oh, he's an attractive man. Stop that. Anyway. What I really like, though, this is the beautiful thing about Paul. When you look at Paul's pics, they're all his book covers. <laughs> oh, you're looking on Flickr? And all of his no, pictures. no, no, no. It's oh, not Flickr. Okay. That, that's him. Uh, that's, 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 that's his, that's his him. site. That's his site? That's, no, no. This is his MySpace account. Uh, oh, Paul, okay. Paul's got a MySpace account. We're pulling up. This is Paul's like 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 official picture, this one of him on the beach, which is kind of cool. Which is why he's nude. He's not nude on the beach, <laughs> but there's there's Paul. Yes. Um, yes okay. That's, that's Paul. That Lynch. is a familiar face. He does come to Balticon. Yes. Yes, yes. he does. And I still remember. I, I, yeah, I still remember. He was on the very first panel I was ever on. Did he get a chance to talk? 
Uh, yes, he did. <laughs> so it was my first panel, so I was kind of nervous, and I was putting my foot in my mouth, and Paul kind of shut me up, which was kind of cool. The thing I remember about Paul was he was so nice to me on that panel, and I remember like going, this guy I want to stay close to. Later in that weekend, this was Balticon 36, I was supposed to be doing a panel, a panel on alternative myth and religion in science fiction and fantasy. I was the only panelist. I was the only one flying solo. I was pulling this out of my butt. And I had no way of keeping track of the time. And it turned out that I was running into Paul's panel. So I go running up to Paul and I go, I go, dude, I'm so sorry. I swear to God, I'm wrapping up. And Paul looked at me and he's like, no, take your time. You're doing great. And I was like, so, you know, and I. It was a finger gesture yeah, involved. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> typically rendered as. Uh, I'll paint the ceiling. Yeah, I'll paint the ceiling. Paul left me hanging out there, and it was a, it was a good time. It was a good time. So anyway, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap, wrap it up. up. Wrap it up. You have been listening to the melodious voices of Paul Fisher, T. Morris, and Martha Holloway here at Imagine That Studios in beautiful suburban Virginia under the flight path of not one, but two airports. And it is dead quiet. You could hear a baby downstairs <laughs> actually making noises. It's so quiet. Beautiful. It's a beautiful place to raise your kids. But now I have to clean up the office. It's over. And remember, you can't control the stimulus. Control the response. Alert System. This is an alert issued by the Colton Observation Center located on planet Earth. This is not a test. The Colton Summary for Planet Earth. Significant Colton activity is expected on planet Earth during the period from December 12th through the 21st, 2006, Coordinated Universal Time. Detailed information will follow the summaries. The Colton Summary for other areas, including the Moon, L4, L5, and the International Space Station. No Colton activity is expected at this time. This is the detailed alert for Colton activity on planet Earth. All dates and times are referenced to local time at the performance location. On December 12, 2006, at 8.30 p.m. at Johnny D's in Somerville, Massachusetts. Jonathan Colton with Paul and Storm. On December 15th, 2006, at 7.30 p.m., at Mo Pitkin's House of Satisfaction in New York, New York. Jonathan Colton with Paul and Storm. On December 16th, 2006, 8 p.m., at Milk Boy Cafe in Ardmore, Pennsylvania. Jonathan Colton with Paul and Storm. December 17th, 2006 at 7.30 p.m. at Jammin' Java in Vienna, Virginia. Jonathan Colton with Paul and Storm. On December 20th, 2006, 7 p.m. at 12 miles west in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Jonathan Colton and Sean Altman. Visit jonathancolton.com for detailed information and click through to eventful.com to let Jonathan know you're coming. We are pleased to announce that by popular demand, the coverage area for the Colton Alert System 
has been expanded to include all of planet Earth and its moon, L4, L5, and the International Space Station. We regret that due to the continued heavy censorship of all communications, service for Chiron Beta Prime is not possible at this time. The Colton Alert System is a public service of Illudium.com. That's I-L-L-U-D-I-U-M dot com. Subscribe to our podcast feed to ensure that you are notified of expected Colton activity. This concludes this bulletin for the Colton Alert System. Farpoint Media, powered by Podango.